Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, and I'm joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we're talking about the importance of having a growth mindset and what that looks like is being intentional. You know, in recovery and trying to become a healthier person, I know for me and for all of us, it's important that we we are intentional about our growth and not only our growth, but the growth of others. And what that looks like is, you know, encouraging, being consistent, having clear communication. And I think all of that, creating that kind of environment for ourselves and for those close to us is what's really going to help us along as we try to grow to become healthier people. So we hope this conversation is helpful and we hope you enjoy. Hey, Austin. Hey, Wes. It's good to be with you again as we near the Christmas holiday. One of the things I wanted to discuss today was, I think, the importance of being a truth-telling leader. Obviously, I think one of the best truth-telling leaders, if not the best truth-telling leader, was Jesus himself. And it seems probably pretty straightforward to say that as a leader or as a pastor or as a as a coworker, I think anytime you have influence or anytime you're on a team, I think this is applicable, but the importance of telling the truth, um, it might seem pretty self-explanatory, but I think as we give a little bit of context, it might be more apparent as to maybe the nuance that I'm going with it. I think that oftentimes I find myself in situations and I talk to other leaders where you're in a situation where there's there's a problem, there's a challenge, there's opposition. And instead of telling the truth, we we um we defer to just saying the things that seem nice. And as a result, um problems aren't solved and dysfunction uh perpetuates. And oftentimes that lack of telling the truth, I think or like comes from a place of really being selfish and just self-preservation. And I want to talk a little bit about that today. And I've got three points that really came to mind in three scripture passages from the Bible that came to mind. Um, and I'm not going to set, say all of it right away. I want to maybe read the first passage. Um, and then we can kind of we can kind of dive in and maybe share the three points real quick. But the first, yeah, the first passage that came to mind that I think Jesus really embodies this is in John chapter four, um, where Jesus is talking with this Samaritan woman. And a little bit of backstory, right? We know Jesus is Jewish. She's a Samaritan woman. Jews and Samaritans did not get along. And so we'll jump into the story. When a Samaritan woman, this is verse seven, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Um, his disciples had gone into town to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you've, you've nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from, and drank from it himself, as did all his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. 
Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What have you just what you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So, Austin, what stands out to me in this is that Jesus is saying a truth to this lady, who, and it's difficult truth, but he's doing it for her good and he's doing it compassionately like for example he he's he you know we when we talk about Jesus i think we often talk about Jesus as being all loving and being gracious which he certainly is but at the same time he maintains speaking bold truth he's compassionately meaning he's he's inviting her into conversation He's not coming out with these major judgments on her. He's inviting her in. He's he's engaging in a, in a conversation and in having a drink with her. And but in in the context of the conversation, he's also identifying her means of self preservation and her means of trying to solve her problems on her own, which are all these relationships that she's having with different men that she's trying to find fulfillment from. And he's pointing that out in a really, I think, pointed way, but compassionate way. And ultimately ends with inviting her into what she ultimately needs, which is relationship with God and relationship with God's people. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with part three in our conversation. We'll see you then.